So here's the embarrassing thing. I, I went and saw them at the hospital, and uh, I always check with Reed. I, I've shared that before about going to see babies and women in labor and stuff, and I get in trouble from Reed on that. But So I told her I was going, and she said, don't touch the baby. So uh, she read something about that. I guess outsiders aren't supposed to touch, or maybe she just didn't want me to touch the baby. So so I, I let them know. I, I was glad to see him, but I didn't touch their baby. I did look at her. Uh, had something backfire on me, though. Uh, Cassie made this comment. Some of you will catch this and know what this refers to. Some might not. Cassie made this comment uh, to me as I was uh, was looking at her baby, and she just said, so, so Tim, what do you think? I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, you guys know what I'm I didn't catch it. I'm like, what? She's, well, what do you think? Is she pretty or not? Uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I won't go through it. I made some statements one time and got in trouble, and, and I assured her that she was a beautiful baby. I wrote in their little book, she's beautiful, and put in parentheses, really. Uh, she is beautiful. So, so you know that. But that's not even the embarrassing thing. The embarrassing thing was I asked her the name, because Rita said, hey, find out what her name was. And, and so I found out, and they said her name is Nora Faye. And I thought, man, that's, that's a pretty name. And it just had a, it had a ring to me. It just, there was something about that name that just, just, uh, I don't know if it just, and I told them, I said, I really like that. It just kind of flows. I, I don't know what, I love that name. I called Rita on the way home and I said, they named the baby Nora Faye. And then Rita says, wasn't that your grandmother's name? <laughs> I always called her Granny. So, and and everyone else called her Faye. And so I honestly had kind of forgotten that her name was Nora Faye. So I can't wait to tell them that, hey, I, that's why I really liked that name. What What is grace? What is grace? Uh, it's more than just what we say over a meal when it comes time for mealtime. What is grace? It's it's more than just the name of a, of a baby. I always wanted one of my, my kids to... Uh, one of my grandchildren to be named Grace, so I could call her Gracie. I love that name. I think that's a cool name. None of them ever did, but uh, but it's more than just a name. What is Grace? Well, here in the church, we kind of understand it's a biblical concept. St. Augustine said one time, what is Grace? I know it until you ask me, and then when you ask me, I don't know. We kind of We kind of have an idea what Grace is. We're familiar with it. We we somewhat embrace the idea. We're all for it, definitely. We know, we know that it's tied to Jesus' work on the cross, but, but then again, it's, it's a concept that we struggle to, to wrap our minds completely around. What is, with grace? We, we know that grace is something that's given or offered to us. We know that grace is something that we receive. It's, it's a free gift from Jesus. We know that it's the connecting point of our salvation because of it. We know that we who are sinners are justified, we're forgiven, we're made righteous, we're sanctified, our salvation is sealed. But but you know that grace is also grace is also a ministry. Grace is something that that we can do and what we can offer. In in a sense, God's grace is a ministry to us. It's him ministering to us and administering for us the the grace that we need. But grace is also a ministry that we provide. Uh, I'm going to try to keep the sermon short today. In fact, I'm going to cut the sermon in half. So we're going to finish the, the second half of it uh, next time. So uh, so we'll look a little bit more of this idea of ministry being, a, or grace being a ministry as we look forward to uh, to next time. But but if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. I'm going to go ahead and read verses 7 through 11. And 
and, and get an idea, and that's where we come up with this idea that grace is more than just kind of what falls on us, what covers us, what's given to us, what we receive, that, that biblical concept that we wrestle with a little bit, that we know we want, but you know, sometimes it's hard to figure out. Uh, but, but it's also something that we can do. It's something that we can offer. It's something that we can give. First uh, Peter chapter 4, starting verse 7, the end of all things is near. Now, uh, Peter's writing to a group of Christians that were going through some tough times. They were going through persecution. Life wasn't necessarily easy for them. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over, over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without gum, grumbling. Now, now, look at verse 10. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Now, he goes on to describe that just a little bit, open it up. Uh, if anyone speaks, he should do it as speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, it should be with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. We're, we're going to look at the ministry of grace and and we're going to look at three things. In fact, I'm going to give you just a little head start. If you work on your, your outlines, if you fill them out, I'm going to kind of give you those three main points. We're only going to look at one of them today. But, but the first point is, is looking at, uh, I'm amazed at the number of Christians, uh, born again believers, washed in the blood, name in the, in the Lamb's book of life, sons of the, and daughters of the fathers, believers sealed with the gift of the, the Holy Spirit, who slump their shoulders and hang their heads in guilt and shame, forgetting that they are saved by God's grace, that it covers them, that it was offered not because of what they've done, but offered freely because of the will of God. I, I'm, I'm surprised, I'm, I'm shocked sometimes at how many Christians still struggle with, with believing that God's grace is for them. And, and I, I say I'm amazed, but, but I guess I'm really not because see, See, maybe that's not you, but I can count myself in that group. I can count myself in, in that in that uh, that group of people that sometimes struggle to believe that God could cover me, that God could love me. So, so today we're going to look at what that grace is and 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 see that we're also going to in the in the next time look we'll be looking for we're we're surrounded by daily testimonies of grace. We. We see grace all around us. We see it, it acted out and given and shown and demonstrated. And, and one of the ways that we can become ministers of grace, one of, the, one of the ways that we can partake in the ministry of grace is to see grace around us and let that, let that encourage us and let that draw us in. Uh, uh, a while back I was in, in, uh, line at Walmart. Now normally I go through these self-checkout because, uh, I love the self-checkout. You do, usually there's not a line there, and so I love the self-checkout. But I was going through line. I was buying something for church, and I had to go through to give them the tax exempt card. And so, so I'm in, in line, and I'm waiting very patiently in line. Right, Rita? Probably not. So I wasn't real patient, but I'm waiting in line nonetheless. And behind me was, uh, was a, a, a little girl, and, and I glanced at her. She probably was seven or eight years old, and her mom was with her. And this little girl was talking nonstop. I mean, uh, and, and we're in line for just a little bit. It wasn't a terrible long time, but it, got, it seemed to be a really long time because I'm involved in the conversation now, and this little girl is talking, and she's asking question after question after question, and then she's making comments. And, and, and she'd ask a question, and then the comment would go to, I mean, way out to right field somewhere. And, 
And I'm sitting there thinking that this mother must just be wore out. I was wore out standing in line with this little girl. She came to the store with her and I had to go home with her. And, and I'm, I'm kind of thinking, I'm kind of thinking, oh, this poor lady. And I'm envisioning what the mom's look. I hadn't seen the mom yet, but I'm envisioning the look on her face. I'm, and I could hear, occasionally I could hear the mom answer or, or make a comment. And, and I'm envisioning the mom sitting there kind of just, Almost in, uh, in, in overload, almost just kind of over, overworn with, with the, these comments and, and just kind of mechanically answering. And I, I kind of turned to glance back and I was going to give her one of those knowing glances like, yeah, I know what it's like. Poor you. And I'm glad I'm not you. And, you know, I was going to give her one of those looks like, hang in there, mom. And, and that's not what I saw. What, what I saw was a mom that was engaged. Her face was, was bright. Her eyes were, were, were square on her little daughter, and and then I was able to listen and and her answer. She was answering every question and she was commenting on everything the girl had to comment. And, and I'll be honest, I was I was humbled and you know, I was shocked, and I was drawn in because I saw grace. I saw grace that she was offering uh, there. So 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 we'll we'll uh, uh, we'll look at grace and and uh, and we're also going to look up. Because, because if we're going to be ministers of grace, if we're going to administer God's grace, as Peter says, in its various forms, and how cool the idea that we get to be ministers of grace, if we're going to do that, then we have to look up and see those opportunities. So, so let's start uh, this morning. We'll just look at one of those points, and that is looking, uh, looking at grace. Each one of us should use whatever gift, verse 10 says, he has received to serve others. His grace covers us. If you have your Bibles, uh, hold uh, Peter open there, but flip over to Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians is kind of kind of the, uh, the 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 place we go when we want to you know, see verses that deal with grace. So let's let's just jump over there real quick and let's look at a couple of those verses. Ephesians chapter two, the end of verse four, end of verse five. It says, "God who is rich in mercy," uh, verse five says, "makes us alive with Christ Jesus in when we were dead." In transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. It is by grace that you have been saved. Now look down at verse 8. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. For this is not from ourself. It's the gift of God. And, and over in chapter 4, verse 7, it says, But to each of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. We have been given grace. We have been given grace as a a, a gift. And, and look over, if you have your Bibles, flip back a couple books to the book of Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, there it says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, Christ, through, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We have gained access into faith, into this grace in which we now stand. Grace covers us grace covers us my my wife loves going to the beach her happy place is the beach uh if if she could choose uh, uh if 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 we were ever on the newlywed game and that was one of the questions what's your wife's favorite man i'm gonna nail that because i i know her it's the beach now now she loves the mountains we we it's been several years but we've gone to the mountains a couple of times she loves Going to the mountains, it's beautiful. Those of you that just got back from there, you, yeah, it's wonderful. 
but she loves the beach. Uh, she wants to go to Alaska someday. I, yeah, I'd, I'd kind of like to go, but 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 she loves the beach. We went to Michigan last year to see family and saw four of the five Great Lakes, and we had a great time. It's beautiful in Michigan, particularly the Upper Peninsula. But she loves the beach. We the, the last time we went was two years ago. Um, two years ago, I think in September, just before we came on staff here, we went out to Southern California, a place that we've been many times, and 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 we did what we normally. We got there, we got checked into the place we were staying. Rita had bought a new swimsuit. I think she had bought a new hat to wear on the beach. She had her books. We'd got all the kind of. We got all of our stuff and walked. We were just like a block from the beach. We walked to the beach. We got all settled in, and I mean, she it just became a different person because she loves the beach. But there's one flaw. There's one flaw with her beach-loving mentality. She never gets in the water. She loves the ocean. And now I get this. I, I love the sound of the waves, you know, hitting hitting the beach and the salt. Huh? Uh, shh, I'm talking. Uh, the, I'm going to pay for that, aren't I? <laughs> I? I'll bring that up. I'll throw that. I'll toss that in there. Uh, it. The salt air, the smell of the salt air, the seagulls, the airplanes flying with the trailers behind them advertising stuff, you know, the, oh, the whole scene is great. I mean, that's, that's calming and, it, and, and it's restful and, but she rarely, I'm okay with that, she rarely gets in the water. And if she does, tell me if I'm not wrong, if she does, it's just to get, and it's cause I drag her down there, let's walk down the beach with Manny and she gets, I don't know, maybe just below knee. And uh <laughs> you what? Oh, she did boogie board one time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember that, but the the ocean is vast and it's it's wonderful and it's beautiful and and you get in and and I understand why she does it. The especially California, the water's cold. It's, you know, you're going to get this, you get her hair wet. That's a mess. And, and I, Charlotte, or uh, Wanda, you brought it, shark. I, she's, there's always in the back of her mind shark. So, so that's one of the reasons she stays out. But, but it's like she's missing part of it. She, she enjoys it, but man, she's not actually getting there. In, in church, I wonder, I wonder why sometimes, and, and, and maybe I'm, maybe this is not you. And if it's not, just, you know, uh, you know, just, just just take a break here. Think about lunch or whether you're going to take a nap. But uh, but I wonder if sometimes we're not like like that. That we 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 walk right up to grace and 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 we love the restfulness that's there and we love the the, the scene and we like being there. But we never fully immerse ourselves in. We don't, as as uh, Paul said there in Romans, we don't stand. In grace, we don't uh, we don't cover ourselves. We don't consume ourselves uh, in the grace that is there. If if we're going to be ministers of grace, then we have to stand in the grace that covers us, which in, in essence means that that we need to understand that because of grace, we're not guilty. That God sees us not as we sometimes sees, see ourselves, but God sees us as covered by grace. A couple of years ago, I, I, uh, 
uh, I was walking into the, the courthouse in Buchanan County, downtown St. Joe, and as I was going to take a, a marriage license back to deliver it. I'd married a couple and was taking the license in, and, and, and the Buchanan County Law Enforcement Center is just across the street from the courthouse, and there was a couple deputies leading a group, about four or five young men, uh, into the courthouse, and I picked up right away what the deal was. I, I, I was pretty quick uh, on the uptake on what was going on. They were all handcuffed together, and they were all in attractive, beautiful uh, orange jumpsuits. Uh, and, and it hit me, these guys are inmates. <laughs> and the first thing that hit me was, was how sad, because they all looked so young. They all looked like, like they were just teenagers. And I was like, man, it's sad that that's going on in their life. But, but the other thing that stood out was almost to a man, if not to a man, they all looked exactly the same. Their, their heads were down. You, you could see a heaviness in their spirit. You could see a brokenness in their spirit. Now, now maybe they were going to go into a courtroom and the judge was going to say, how do you plead? And they might have, to the man, said, not guilty. But the way they were walking was saying, I'm guilty. And I wonder, I wonder if we don't sometimes, church, even though we know we're covered by God's grace, I wonder if we don't sometimes walk around as if we're shackled by the sin that used to hold on to us and, and, and we're covered in a orange jumpsuit that looks at our past. See, Satan wants to remind us and wants to lie to us that God sees a certain rate. He, he reminds us of our sin. He reminds us of our past failures. He reminds us of our shortcomings, of our missteps. He reminds us of our weaknesses and of our doubts and he reminds us of our past guilt. And yet scripture says we're covered. We're covered by his grace. I, I was in the airport, uh, uh, the last time I flew, uh, was, was down to El Paso and it was going through the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh the, the luggage area or the, the check-in area where you have to, to go and, and put your personal stuff through and go through the scanner and so forth. And, and so I'm, I'm sitting there taking my shoes off and undoing my belt and emptying my pockets and making sure that I didn't leave anything that might set off the, the scanner might set off the alarm and cause a, a more uh, uh, invasive search. And I'm, I'm pulling all that off. And there's a guy that walks by me. Now, he had a TSA uh, uh, outfit on. I saw the, the patch on his shoulder. I was, and, and he walked by to go back to the area that I was heading for. And, and all he did was, was this. Now, it didn't look quite like this, but all he did was that. Triple uh, A card. Now it was it was a it was a badge. All he did was flip that open, and they saw who he was, and he went straight on back. He, he didn't have to take his belt off. He left his shoes on. He didn't have to take his coat off. He didn't have to empty his pockets. Didn't have to go through the X-ray. Didn't have to do anything. It, it, it his badge said, "I belong here." His badge says, "I'm someone different than everyone else." His badge says, "I'm important." I'm different than you. And, and church, how would our thinking, how would our mind change if we understood, if we really grabbed hold of this and, and bought into the fact that God's grace covers us? So, so, so when Satan tells us that we don't belong, all we have to do is show him our grace badge. And, and when Satan says we're not good enough, we just flip out our grace badge and show it to him. When Satan says and, and reminds us of all the garbage from our past, we just say, hey, no, that doesn't, 
that doesn't count. And we show him our grace pads. What what would happen, church, if we truly understood, we truly bought in, we truly gathered this idea that God loves us and his grace covers us? Church, why don't we why don't we revel in the fact? Why don't why don't we rejoice? Why don't we sing hallelujah to the fact that God's grace covers us? Your grace is amazing, as we sang earlier. God's grace covers us, church. We have to realize that it is and take hold of it. Several years ago, uh, it was December. I was driving back with a couple friends, Paul Kelly and Larry Johnson, back from uh, from Juarez. We had taken the Christmas gifts down from uh, that time was the church at Rushville that we were at. And we were driving back. And those of you that are familiar went on the mission trip, you know, we were, we were between Clovis, New Mexico, and Hereford. Uh, you've smelled that before, haven't you, Nick? Yeah, so uh, it's a lovely area. We're, we were between Clovis and Hereford. It was about 2 o'clock in the morning, and Paul was driving. And we're, we're zipping along. It's a little two-lane highway. We're the only car on the, well, almost the only car on the road. There was one other car that were coming, was coming at us, and he just happened to be a, a Texas Highway Patrolman. And uh, we passed, and he his light went on, and he turned around and came. And my, my first thought was, man, I'm glad Paul's driving, not me. And uh, so so he turns around, and he pulls us over. and So we're fiddling around trying to find the insurance card, and he comes up and rolls the window down. And, you know why I stopped you? I don't know why they say that. Of course we do. We were speeding. And, and you know, he, he pointed out, hey, you were going, I don't remember what it was, about 8 or 10 miles over the speed limit. And he says, can I see your, your registration and insurance card? So we're, we're still digging. I finally find the insurance card. And, and, and I notice it as I'm handing to it that it was a year old. It was outdated. Shouldn't it be the job of the insurance man to come? Corey, Ben, shouldn't you come and make sure that gets in the car? That should be part of the full service uh, of you insurance guys. But uh, apparently that didn't happen. I knew whose fault it was because I'm the one that got the insurance at the, my desk and I'm the one that forgot to put it in there. So, so we hand him an outdated insurance card going going too fast and he goes back to his police car and comes back a little bit later. And they're like, oh. And again, I'm thinking, I'm glad I wasn't driving. And he hands Paul his, his uh, driver's license back and his outdated insurance card and he says, I'm just going to give you a warning. Slow down and get your insurance card updated. All I think. And you know what Paul said to him? I mean, Paul, Paul's a good brother in Christ. Uh, Paul said to him, no, I'm guilty. I knew I was driving too fast. I should have checked to make sure there was an insurance card. That was my mistake, officer. I am, I am guilty. I did it. I think I need to be punished. You take my license back to that car and you write me a ticket. No, he didn't say that, did he? <laughs> He's like, man. Why, why when God's grace covers us, when, when the debt's been paid, why do we struggle? Why do we struggle to say, okay, I'll take it. I'll let it cover me. One last thing, and I'll, I'll just hurry along with this. His His grace completes us. Uh, because we have His grace, it puts us where we're supposed to be, and and that's what we'll look at a little bit more next week. Verse uh, Verse ten said, "Each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms." God's grace is to to flow then out of us and move out of us into other people.
God's grace completes us because once we have it in our life, once we understand that His grace covers us and and God sees us not as we deserve or not as we should be, but He sees us as righteous and holy and, and, and blameless. When God's grace covers us, man, it just opens up the opportunity for us to be ministers of, to be ministers of that grace to other people. Whoa, Max Lucado tells this story uh, about a time. In fact, it's in his uh, in his book "Cure for the Un- uh, Cure for the Common Life." And and he started out by saying, while he was writing the book, he got a draft a notice from his bank. It was an overdraft notice. Uh, he opened it up and he realized what, that it was from one of his daughters, and he uh, who was in college. And he said, I, "I I taught our daughters to to check their accounts to make sure that something like this didn't happen." But but one of his daughters had got busy and somehow had overcharged her account, and and now she was over overcharged. Uh, and, and and he went on to say, what, what, what should I do about it? Should I let the bank absorb it? And he said, well, that can't happen. They won't do that. Should I send her an angry letter? Well, admonition might be the way to go. It might help her later, but it won't satisfy the bank right now. Should I phone her and tell her to make a deposit? He said, that wasn't going to happen because I knew her I knew her liquidity. She, she had no money. She, it was zero. Then he said, should I transfer money into her account? Said it seemed like the best option. After all, Lucado says, I had the $27.37. I could replenish her account and pay the overdraft fee as well. Lucado goes on to say, besides, that was my job. Now, he says, don't get any ideas. If you're overdrawn, don't call me. He said, my daughter can do something that you can't do. She can call me dad. And since she calls me dad, I cover her mistakes. The ministry of grace starts with us understanding that God's grace covers us and completes us. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, open our hearts to see your grace. Father, we read uh, so many places in Scripture that your grace is there, that it's offered freely, that it's nothing that we can earn. Uh, It's nothing that we can pay for. We can never be good enough. It's simply a free gift. Father, we're so aware of that, but we sometimes so struggle to just let it sink in, let it cover us and complete us to be who you want us to be. Father, give us, give us this morning the the reassurance. Give us the encouragement that comes from knowing that we are covered in grace. As, As your word says in Romans, Father, help us stand, stand in grace. In Jesus' name, amen.